so grateful with our pastor um, who supports our ministry so well and for you and your hearts towards new life. We're so, so grateful. Um, I was worshiping the Lord this morning and I've never really wanted or felt in my heart to just scream, I am a Christian. Um, there was just something in my heart today that I was just so grateful, and not just because of the name. My mom was pregnant with me when, she, when someone brought the gospel to her, and someone brought the gospel to you. And so I am just so grateful for the people that have stepped out in faith and shared the gospel with us, and that God would give us the same boldness to share the gospel with someone else. And um, as women's ministries uh, in the whole um, Penn, Florida district, we do Touch the World. And Touch the World is um, kind of like BGMC and Speed the Light, but we help missionaries when they are transitioning. We, we help multiple projects. But we, when missionaries are transitioning into the mission field, sometimes they have to go to a whole new home and they can't take things with them. And so uh, Touch the World provides what they need when they go overseas, but they also help with other projects that um, are, in need, are, are needed. And some, one of the things that we want to do with Touch the World today as well is that we also want to support our special speaker that we have coming here soon is Carrie, Bra uh, Carrie Bradley. And she is a missionary to Arizona, missionary associate with the Assemblies of God to Arizona. And we want to be able to bless her as well in her ministry. Um, so if I ask that you would pray and um, ask the Lord what he would have you give today if that is something that you feel like God's, you know, asking you to do. Um, if you could, we have a goal. For some, this is new information. For others, uh, you probably have heard me talk about Touch the World before, but um, the goal this year is $1,000, and, you know, it's as if 12 ladies gave 86 we would surpass that. But whatever whatever you feel in your heart to give, that would be a great blessing, not just to touch the world, but also for Carrie Bradley and her and her ministry that you'll be hearing about in just in just a couple of minutes. But um, she also ministers with Sherry. Sherry is sitting next to her. You want to wave, Sherry? Um, she wanted she we had her we're going to have her have a, sing a special, but because of time, uh, we want to make sure that we have enough time for the sermon and the altar call because it's so important. We really feel that we just need that time in the altar, and Sherry agreed that it would be okay if she did not sing her special. So thank you, Cheryl. I appreciate it. Uh, but Carrie, we met her when we went on our trip to Arizona. Uh, she ministers to the women on the streets. It's truly an amazing ministry. She's going to come up and, and share her testimony. Uh, but we just are so grateful we have met her and share. Um, oh, my. My brain just went blank. Come forward, Carrie Radley. <laughs> so much for sharing the word. Oh, let's give Damaris a round of applause. She does so much here. I see it. I see it. She's, a, she's an amazing woman of God, and they have really just blessed us so much. I just want to thank um, Pastor Greg and um, Pastor Jeff Davis for having us, and, um, and Damaris and Carrie the Mission and all you guys at New Life. You guys have been such a blessing to us. Um, so um, my name is Carrie Bradley. I am an Assemblies of God U.S. missionary. Um, Cheryl is with us. She is on our board. She's amazing. Um, she interned with us over four years ago, and um, she's just a mighty woman of God. I see her. Um, God is going to be launching her out into the nations, and I see it. And then last night, someone prophesied the same thing. So I saw it, and then it was prophesied, and I was like, oh, man, I don't want to lose that one. But that's what it's about. We, we 
people get trained up and they get sent out, and it's awesome. That's what you guys do here. I see the heart of this church. So um, I just want to tell a little joke. Uh, my pastor, Michael Maiden, always tells a joke before the service, and I love it because I like to laugh. So um, I told two last time, but I'm going to tell the one I think went over a little better for this service. So you guys get the best. All right. So I met a woman outside the mall crying. She lost $200, so I gave her 40 from the 200 I found. When God blesses you, you got to bless others. <laughs> I know, I'm a goofball. Okay. It's a great way to start out a Sunday, though. I was like, is this going to be boring? Well, if it's boring, at least you have that joke to hold on to, and it's okay. So... Uh, my message today is called to go all in, but we're going to do a little introduction so you know who I am. So let's go to the next slide. Um, on the left, that's my husband, Rodney. We met leading worship for evangelist James Turner. I was his associate pastor. That's my daughter, Hannah. Um, she has been out. We take a bus out and rescue women from trafficking because I was trafficked at 18. Um, and my daughter has been on the bus with us. She's eight. She gave up basketball so she could train up kids in missions, and that's her little ministry, Identa Kids, because our ministry is Identa Freed. It's so cute. I love it. Um, we do discipleship on Tuesdays. We invite the women in to be discipled, um, and they can come join us on Tuesdays. Thursdays is our trafficking outreach where we take the bus out to rescue the women. So um, the next page, this is some of the things we do at our outreach center. We do job readiness fashion shows. Um, we go back to the shelter that I came through, which was secular, and we bust the girls in, do their hair, their makeup, give them outfits, and train them up on how to hold a job. So that's a before and an after of one of our girls. You can go to the next slide. Um, there's another before and after. I love this one. She had green hair when we started and piercings, and we got her cute and job ready. I love that. It's so fun. Um, then the next slide. Okay, so this is me. Um, I was trafficked at 18. I came out at 31. When I came out, um, I had no education and no job skills. And I went through program and church and things like that. But I think the hardest thing was the vocational rehabilitation, learning how to hold a job, learning how to go back to school, learning how to fit in society. So part of what we do is we have a thrift store where they can come look for jobs and get outfits. And we also have an outreach center where we pour out to other ministries. So during that time, um, I jumped into ministry because I had a huge God encounter. And I've been serving the Lord for over 14 years now, uh, which is awesome. The Lord is so good. Um, during that time, I kept trying to hold jobs and get jobs. And the Lord kept giving me jobs in accounting. I was like, why here? Okay, I'm sorry for any accountants in here, but if you're an accountant, you know, I just have to say that. Um, and it was like, well, why accounting? And the Lord kept giving me this verse, he who is faithful with little will be ruler over much. When I came off the streets, I didn't know how to budget or pay bills. <laughs> and I needed an accounting degree to figure it out. And he knew that and I didn't. So that's why I have a bachelor's in accounting. <laughs> and then finally, after my accounting degree, I really thought I was supposed to go to school for law. And the Lord said, I have different plans for you. So now I have a Master's of Divinity. I founded Identifreed, which is my nonprofit. It means identified by adoption and freed by grace. Because once we are adopted into the sonship with Christ and we find out our identity in him, we get set free from everything. And I mean everything because I did everything out there. Addiction, homosexuality, everything. He sets us free from it all. I bring a lot of people into healing from all of it. And I love what 
what I do. The Lord is amazing. So, um, and it's a free gift of grace. That's why it's amazing, right? So, um, I'm a revenue analyst during the day, um, and that's my day job. I work for one of the biggest healthcare systems in Arizona. I book revenue for 23 surgery centers, and I run the store at the same time. Why am I telling you this? Because I feel called to full-time ministry, and I am now an Assemblies of God U.S. missionary. If you'd like to follow us on our website, you can put your phone up to that, the picture, and it'll take you straight to our website. I'm always prayerfully asking for more partners. So with that, um, another little clip of our outreach. You can go to the next these are some of our street outreaches. We have a bus that we take out, but when the bus broke down, we took a baptismal in the back of the truck because when the enemy comes in and attacks us, we're going to come stronger. Um, and I love that. It was awesome. We got, we got the girls baptized right there on the streets. Um, the second one is one of the girls in the back of our bus. Uh, when our bus broke down, thank you, Carry the Mission raised money to help us get it fixed. Thanks, Carry the Mission. That was awesome. Um, and one thing we learn on outreach is unity and teamwork. Um, we do host mission teams. You guys came out and helped us when we first got the center. When we first got it, um, we were, I had been serving under Pastor Jim. I asked, I said, um, Holy Spirit told me it's time to go out on your own. I told him, the Holy Spirit said, he and Pastor Letha gave me the bus. They're one of your missionaries. If you don't know who I'm talking about, they're amazing. Um, and we started getting blessed with so many donations, I didn't know what to do. And that's why we rented out the center. And when we rented out the center, I was terrified. My hands were sweaty. I was shaking. I was like, what am I going to do? And then you guys came in and helped us start setting up shelves and just getting us going. And then the Lord sent other ministries and other churches and other people. Because you know what? We don't do anything on our own. It's always with the church together in unity. You're never alone building because he's building it for us. We're just a small part of it. Amen? Um, so yeah, so that was uh, really awesome. And, and um, you can go to the next slide because that actually shows the mission team out there. There's Don Maurice and Jody and Anna and uh, Pastor Greg. And there's Pastor Jim in the middle and my husband and Stevie and Pastor Letha. And I just wanted to show you, for those of you who came out, Stevie, I see you back there. Um, go to the next slide, what the store looks like now. So that, um, we have gotten so much. We were on the news that now we have a dollar thrift store to help the community too. So now they're coming in for prayer and ministry all day long, as well as people coming off the streets. They can look for jobs, get outfits. And we now have so much, we got the space next door. So we have enough to pour out to other ministries and parachurch ministries. And oh my gosh. So this is, I just want to thank you guys personally for being a house of missions, for sending people out. Because sometimes as a missionary, you just feel overwhelmed, like, God, why am I here? How am I going to do this? <laughs> and it's so great to know that the church is there with you, lifting up your arms. Amen? Okay, so um, you can go to the next slide. Now I'll get into my... I just wanted you to know who I was, because sometimes people come preach, and you're like, who are you anyway? And why are you talking? <laughs> so I just wanted you guys to know who we are and what we do. So we've got a few points today. The message is called, called to go all in. And I believe that we are all called to go all in. We know that. We know that Jesus gave everything for us, and he's called us to give everything for him. So the first point, and actually, let me go to the introduction. 
as a believer, and we know the conference we were just doing, the women's conference, which was awesome, is refreshing. As a believer, we find refreshing when we are reminded that we are called to go all in. So, Lord, we just ask that you would fan the flames of our passion for you. Let us not become comfortable with the spirit that is available, but cherish and refresh ourselves in the availability that you have provided us and the access that you've given freely to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first point is that faithfulness produces favor. This is in Daniel. And uh, we know that Daniel, he was in a society where he was taken as a slave into a society that was not living for the Lord. Well, I'll tell you, I know what that feels like. But he was still faithful to the Lord through that entire time. And even when they were like uh, serving their food to him, he said, well, I can't do that. I've got to eat fruits. I've got to eat vegetables. You know, you guys know the story, right? How many of you guys know that story of Daniel? Okay. And because of that, he was given favor. He was given so much favor that he received um, these gifts from the Lord that were not even available to us until after Jesus rose. Amen? Like he was given these amazing gifts. And in Daniel 1.17, it says, As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So because of this, he moved up the ranks. He was one of the most trusted men in the kingdom. And oftentimes, we think about the way society is right now, and it's like, what is happening? If you were to go from the 1950s till now in a time warp, it would be like, what has happened? But we are not to be in fear. The enemy has been defeated. And we walk in the Lord's favor. And our favor is going to change nations. We know that's what happened with Daniel. When he ended up in the lion's den, his favor is what is what got him out. The Lord protected him. He shut the mouth of the lion. He got out, and because of his testimony, the entire nation turned to his God. Amen? That is the God that we serve today. That is the God that we serve. He is still alive. He is still active. I know because he plucked me out of darkness in a situation where there was no way out. There was no way, and he made a way. He made a way in the desert. I'll never forget the day that I cried out and then he started working behind the scenes and he actually answered my cry. He is here. He is alive. He is well. The second point is you can't run from your calling. <laughs> I've tried to do that. Uh, well, we all know I'm a prodigal, so we know I tried to do it once, but I even tried to do it after I came back to the Lord. Sometimes we think we're serving the Lord and we think we're running in the right direction. I, every time someone comes to serve with us, they're like, well, what do you want me to do? Where do you need me? And I'm like, where has the Holy Spirit told you that you're supposed to be serving? We all have a calling. We've all got a testimony. Where the enemy has hit you is usually where the Lord wants to use you, okay? Because the enemy wants to stifle where you're called to, right? But you all have a calling. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. There's no disqualification. If you don't understand, read the Bible. I actually didn't start reading it till I came back to the Lord. I was raised assemblies of God. I walked away and, and I said, I'd never come back and here I am. And when I started reading it again, it came alive to me because it was no longer two-dimensional. It was now about me. It was now about everything was pointing to Jesus. Everything was pointing to resurrection. Everything is pointing to redemption. But even when we're walking with the Lord, we can be off base. 
So I told you I got a degree in accounting. I was working in law firms. I thought for sure I was supposed to be a lawyer. I was going to help these girls with their legal problems. I was going to build houses for them. I was going to help them get their kids back. I was going to do all this stuff with the money. And the Lord said, no, I've called you to ministry, Carrie. And I was like, oh, but you don't understand what I could do with the money. (laughs) I could help people with the money. And time and time again, he showed me that it's only by his spirit and his power that people get changed and set free. It is only by that. <laughs> so we know what happens with Jonah, right? Um, Jonah 1.1 says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. We know that when we run, we run from the presence of the Lord. I pray about everything first now because I'm Lord, I don't, I don't want to go where you don't want me to go because his anointing will not be with us if we go outside of that. Jonah 1.4, 1, 1.4 through 6 talks about when, when Jonah's running, he gets on the ship and because he's running, now the storm has come upon everybody on the ship. As a church, we need to be cognizant that we're not just throwing people into ministries because we need a body. So many missionaries are like, oh, come with us, serve with us, serve us. Did you see how many people? Well, look, we've got 100 people out here. We're you know, And it's like, don't come serve with us unless the Lord has told you that this is where you're supposed to be. We are on the front lines. We are going into the enemy's camp. We are taking people back for the Lord. We rescued an 18-year-old girl from a 30-year-old trafficker, and our bus was shot at. And if we are not listening and we're not in the will of God, we're putting ourselves in bad situations. That was only our third outreach. And since then, we have ramped up what we're doing, how we're doing it, the strategies, the way that we're doing it. We don't want to be running from the Lord. I'll tell you what I always say when they walk in. I'm like, have you ever seen the Looney Tunes cartoons where uh, the character is running with the ball? Someone takes it and they keep running in the wrong direction, but they don't realize they don't have the ball anymore. Um, Oftentimes, that's us. The Bible says we're like sheep. You know, and so I actually think it's funny. We got to laugh at ourselves, don't we? I mean, sometimes we're just running in the wrong direction and we have to say, okay, Holy Spirit, where do you want me now? Maybe last season you were a missionary. Maybe last season you were something. Maybe this season the Lord has something different for you. My father was hitting the streets doing ministry since I came off the streets, and then his world shifted. He had some health issues. He started going into nursing homes. He started doing different things, but the Lord always has things for us to do. Now he's on our board. He's like one of our elders, and we call him for wisdom because us younger people need wisdom. I don't care. There is always a place for all of us. Amen? So I just want to talk about one more thing on that point, and I know I keep staying on this point, but I just feel like... So for a year um, before I finally submitted to the Lord, I was running from him. Oh, I told you I wanted to be a lawyer. And he gave me that verse, James 1, 2 through 8, every single day for a year. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, please stop giving me the same verse. I'm like, you just gave me that. I get a little frustrated. I know I'm a brat. And the Lord's like, come on, Carrie. And it says, count it all joy, my brothers, these trials that we go through, right? But then finally, I had gone through this immense storm because I wasn't listening to him. And that's why he gave me that verse every day. It was to prepare me for the blow of my disobedience. (laughs) 
And then I finally looked it up in a different version, and it said, count it all, join my brothers, these trials we go through, because it creates perseverance, where we chase after him in a way that we wouldn't normally chase after him. Then we mature as his disciples. Then we, then we gain wisdom. And I thought, oh my gosh, all this time I kept praying for him to take my problems, take my trials, take all this. <laughs> and that's how he matures us. That's how he grows us, you know? And that day, I finally said okay, and I, I um, enrolled in my Master's of Divinity, and now I have an MDiv, um, but the storm stopped when I finally submitted to the Lord. And he said to me, you can go to the next slide, he said, it will be intense at the crossroads, but I will be with you. And I just want to remind you that sometimes we think, oh gosh, I don't want to do that, that sounds like a lot of work, <laughs> that sounds tiring. Uh, but the alternative of being outside of God's will is, is not acceptable. You know what I mean? Our lives, when we have the flame of the Holy Spirit within us, when we're in his will and his anointing, um, he's with us in everything. All, through the trials, we experience more of his strength, more of his power. And taking the land for the Lord um, takes a lot of strategy. I, I love the story of Rahab. I'm always preaching the story of Rahab to the girls because it's about us. You know, that the Lord can use a broken woman. He can use her, and he can even bring his entire lineage through her. Uh, but the Lord has, was pressing on me over the past few months to actually read the other side of the story. I, I like to look at just one side of the story and skip over the parts I don't want to read, like the instructions to take Jericho. It's a couple chapters long. Okay, come on. How many of you guys have, have skipped over that before? Anybody? I'm the only one. I know. Okay. I'm, I'm like, oh. Uh, so... Um, I love this because the story of Joshua taking Jericho, um, it tells us that the Lord commissioned Joshua. So we all are commissioned to take a specific area. Maybe for you it's prisons. Maybe for me it's the streets. Maybe it's, ch it's children's ministry or women's ministry or men's ministry or Sunday school or whatever it is. But we're all commissioned to certain areas of the church. In fact, there are different offices. We know the five-fold ministry, right? We all have a different place in the church. And the Lord prepares us for invasion. For those of us that are evangelists that are going out doing missions, he prepares us for invasion of the land that we're taking. I know the areas we go to because I ran around those areas. I know the principalities that are over those areas. I know the demons that are running rampant there. And when we go in, we are preparing for battle. We do worship. We bind anything that's in us and everyone else on the team, and we command it to leave before we even go in. We pray down principalities. We pray. We ask for Holy Spirit, show us where you want us to go. In this story where they're taking Jericho, they actually, and this is something I didn't notice when I read this before, for, is that God told them to cross the river at a certain place, and then he dried it up because they were listening. They were in the right place at the right time. In fact, they even found the right alignment. Another thing is that they found Rahab. That was strategic alignment. As we take the land, and we are in the end times, there is a harvest going on here. We go out to the streets, and there are hundreds of people on the streets of Phoenix on fentanyl like zombies waiting for someone to break them out of prison because they don't even have the capacity to do it. And the Lord has called us to do that. Even though someone may not look physically like they're a zombie, Many of the people you see walking around the grocery store right next to you, even coming to church, are feeling dead inside. They need this spirit. They need someone to come along. 
And there's very specific action. It says in this story that we're supposed to come from a place of rest and we're supposed to help others cross over into this place of a rest. The warriors go out front and the weaker ones stay behind until they're strong enough and trained up to go. I was talking to your pastor before service and I had no idea. That's the whole structure of this church. We go to a lot of churches and some of them are really dead. I tell you what, and when I came in here, I was like, oh, this is amazing. The Holy Spirit is allowed to be free and active and moving, and people are growing. What a blessing. You know, at the end of this story, it says that they put stones down to remember what the Lord had done in that space. How cool is that? There are days where I feel discouraged when the Lord says, okay, I want you to do something else really huge. Like now you're going to get the outreach center. And I go, what? I thought we were done. And I start shaking. And he's like, look at what I did over there. I'm going to do the same thing here. You just hold on, right? So we have to be continually reminding ourselves of what he's done. And the next point, and I know I kind of jumped ahead, is don't take the spirit for granted. Do not take the spirit for granted. That, the Lord just showed me that recently. We had gone, we're a parachurch ministry. We've been on the news. We deal with a lot of secular facilities. I bring, you know, homosexuals through deliverance. I bring, you know, I've, I, because of where I've been, they all are comfortable talking to me. And so we, are, we have our hands in a lot of different scenarios where we're talking to different people, always bringing the power of the Holy Spirit. I wrote a Christian workbook. It's a Christian way through the steps. And it'll take anyone from any denomination into the power of the Holy Spirit just by asking simple questions and doing simple prayers. And we do that all the time. We're willing to work with anyone, but in order to come out of the grips of hell and darkness, we have to have the Holy Spirit. I know you all know that because we are all Pentecostal here. Amen. But even in Pentecostal churches, they're becoming seeker friendly where the spirit is not flowing. And I just have to say, do you guys know how good you have it here? I don't even know if you understand how good you have it here. But when I go to other churches and then I come back to my home church, I'm like, oh, finally, it's like water to your soul. And sometimes, and then I thought, man, I've been taking this for granted. I've been sitting on the pew, checking my phone. Okay, is it time? Are we done yet? You know, like, let's go. I, want, I have grocery shopping to do. Let's get out of here. There are some countries where they're not even allowed to worship. They tried to do that to us here recently. Amen? And we have to embrace what we have and realize that the rest of the world does not have this. And it is up to us to make sure they know it's here. I know you guys know this, but Acts 1.8, when, when Jesus rose the day of the ascension, he said he had to leave to leave his spirit in us. That is a beautiful thing. I was raised AG. I went to, um, my mom put us in Catholic school when my parents got divorced, and then I came out like, God hates me. <laughs> and he's on, the, he's on the cross. He's not alive. You know what I mean? And what I do is I bring people through a lot of healing and deliverance out of the spirit of error that has happened through religion. And all churches, I love all churches. All Christians, I love all Christians. They all love the Lord. But they're not going to get set free without the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And it says, Jesus said this, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And this is for all times. I know that's a huge debate in theology. I'm not trying to get into that here. But in Acts 2.17, it says, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, and in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy." This is our promise. We are in the last days. I know I have been out there experiencing the warfare where the enemy is trying to take us down, but we have the victory in Christ. We have the victory in Christ. If you're praying for a kid on the streets, you have the authority over their outcome through the power of Jesus. Do not be discouraged. So we come together on Sunday to worship in unity together, to come together and war in the spirit because we are not defeated. I don't care what the world looks like around, the darker it gets, the brighter the church gets. Amen? And there's this awesome story about Aaron and Moses, and I love it because it talks about that when Moses' arms were raised, that they were winning the battle. He was in an act of worship, and when he was not strong enough to worship himself, what did Aaron do? Came over and held up his arms. Ministry is hard. You have a great pastor. I hope that you guys are praying for him, lifting him up, helping him in any chance that you get. The missionaries that you have sent out of here, I love that you support them. Keep praying for them. People ask us, what do you need most? We need prayer. We need prayer. We go out every Thursday. Pray for us that angel armies would surround us, that the Holy Spirit would be with us. I pray that for you. Each day is warfare. We know that. Amen? So I've got a couple of more things for you. I pray that the Holy Spirit would be with you. I pray that the spirit within you, the passion within you, would be, the fan would be flamed. Amen? That the fan would be flamed. Sometimes you feel like, you know what? It's too late. It is not too late. Sometimes we just need a little nudge, a testimony from someone else to hear what they're doing to say, hey, you know what? That's right. We are in this battle. It's time to get up and get refreshed and do this. So be encouraged by the testimony of others. Remember what he's done in you. You're all warriors. I can see it. I know some of you guys have done greater things than I can even imagine. Ask him where he wants you this season. There are so many people like myself that are feeling overwhelmed that are like, hey, I need someone who's done this for years to come alongside me and help me and just give me some wisdom. Just help me with what I'm supposed to do. Say, hey, you know what? Maybe you should be doing this. Thank you, because sometimes I'm lost. You all still have a place. You all still have a place. And this is the season. The time is now. He who is faithful with little is going to be ruler over much. Be reminded of Matthew 28, 19, where, where Jesus said he commissioned. That's the great commission. I tell you what, that's what I heard most in seminary. I paid a lot of money to learn that verse. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
But he's commissioned all of us to reach the nations. Hey, maybe that's the grocery store. Maybe that's the gas station. Maybe that's your neighbor. One woman came in last night and said, I brought my neighbor. And I said, you're an evangelist. And that's awesome. Like, that's what we're supposed to be doing. It's just, if everyone just discipled one or two or three people around them, it would spread like wildfire. That's what Jesus did. He grabbed 12. He discipled them close. And then it spread. You know, of course, he, he preached to many. He ministered to many. But the discipleship. Discipling is so important. Really maturing people. Uh, I feel like the, the Lord just gave me a word for, for you two right here. That you, you actually have a great calling on your lives to, to minister and to disciple and to train up. And I don't know what you've done in your life, but I feel like the Lord's about to do something new. He's about to birth something new in you. And maybe it's plans, maybe it's a Bible study. I don't know what it is, but I feel like the Lord is doing something in you. I'm sorry, you just stood out to me so much. And that you guys have been praying for something different. So I just wanted to release that. Okay. Use each marker of miracle to remind you of the glorious future inheritance. And partner with other Christians, but be fed where the Spirit is allowed to move and carry the Spirit with you in all situations. Uh, I feel like I need to just, that's really important. What we have here in the AG is amazing. And most churches do not have this. 80% teach the gifts of the Spirit are not available, and 20% do we have to get out there, not push it on them, not fight with them, just demonstrate the power. Demonstrate the power. Someone says they're sick, let's pray right now for healing. You got a word for them, you give them a word. You just demonstrate the power, that's all you need to do, and they're going to want more. Oh, will you disciple me? Yes. Come on Tuesdays. Come on Sunday, whatever your, whatever your discipleship day is. So this last call to action, I just want you guys to... Really pray about this season, specifically what God has called you to. Who has he called you to align yourself with? And ask him for the next step and be faithful when he calls you to go all in. Because I tell you what, he said that the last day church is going to be the greatest. That means we have the most work to do. So get ready. Thank you, guys.